Welcome to Geek Salad, a podcast about two guys talking about their passion for editing geek, from the digital world to the not-so-digital world. Now here are your hosts, Randy and Jay A. LaRock. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another Geek Salad. I am your host, Randy, and with me always is Jose. What's up, Jose? What's up, what's up? Oh, man, it's been a while, but, you know, hey, life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as many of our viewers know, E3 just came and went. And God, it seems like it's it amazes me every year when E3 rolls around because it's one of those things where you're like, oh, E3 is coming. It's so far away. And they're like, hey, guys, this weekend's E3. And you're like, wait, what, 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 what day is it again? You know, it's like it amazes me. And it's funny because I figured we'd do a kind of like E3 centered show for geek salad um and i know that's what we discussed for our prep and all that and where i laugh at in my prep for the show is in me so you guys at home in the podcast i sat there and i sent jose and i said hey let's do a like either a things you really like things you didn't like or a top five things you really liked and top five things that were a disappointment and I laugh because I couldn't come up with five. No, no, I came up with ten things that I was really looking forward to. <laughs> and I could easily find the five. Or I had a, a struggle finding the five things that I was I was uh, disappointed in. Um, so I'm actually going to throw it over to you. Your first kind of like thing that you enjoyed of the of E3 this year. It's interesting because... Going to E3 as media and then watching it from home is like a totally different experience because it's like you could sit back and you could watch some of the conferences and press conferences and stuff on Twitch or different services and then read about like what people think about it where when you're there in a moment, you're just listening, you're just grabbing news. So it's kind of interesting because what you might grab as something that you say to yourself, man, this is awesome. This is to someone else, they're like, oh, I already knew that, or, oh, that's all you did. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting to see how people take things. So for me, I kind of had like a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of view of things. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, at least my thumb, one of the thumbs up is Battletoads, a new one coming mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Because that was one of those games back in the NES days that was just so difficult. I mean, if anyone <laughs> does not know, go look up you know, a Let's Play, there's plenty of them. I think even uh, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd talked about how hard this <laughs> game was. I mean, these were the type of, like, fighting games that make you cry. And what was interesting about it, I think one of the reasons why it caught people off guard so much was because at the same time, you had a lot of those, what I would call four- to six-person fighters. It was, like, around that time where you had, like, the Simpsons arcade game where, you know, you could pick from every character of the main family. You had uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where you could play all of them. So you had a lot of fighting games where when you went to the arcade, it'd be, like, five, four, four to six different people could play at once, like X-Men. You had that uh, around that time. So a lot of these games weren't that difficult. Like, if you understood the combos, a lot of it was throwing your character, things like that, trapping them in a corner, using the environment – it wasn't that difficult. So mm-hmm. when Battletoads mm-hmm. come out, someone's like, oh, look, a new IP, new characters. You know, some people try to say, oh, they're ripping off Turtles. But no, it's like 
you if you see the history and the backstory of, of Battletoads, you realize it's not a ripoff. But when you play it and you're getting your butt kicked by like level one and there's some levels where you're you know you're falling down and there's things coming out and hitting you and you're like i can't beat this and there's no there were no ultimate continues or anything (laughs) like that ultimate lives no they were stingy with the continues they were stingy with the lives and but people still loved it and people wanted a really good game to come out that would be like the successor to like the part one and they did have like one for nes but it was kind of like pretty much the same thing Yes. Uh, but the the Battletoads just coming out with a new one. Now, I haven't seen much about it, just the announcement trailer and people yeah. talking, so I haven't seen exactly what it's going to be like. But I really want to see if they still make it hard or is it just going to be kind of like, are they going to Hollywood it where they just take the name and then give you just a basic beater up that's not hard? Because I think at this point, the the history of it, it's like a cult following that you expect it to be hard. I hope that they remember that when they when the game comes out. Yeah. Like that was I remember Battletoads as being is that was one of the games that defined the Nintendo hard games where you just would get so frustrated playing that game. Like I remember playing Battletoads with the game genie with unlimited lives and I could not get past the stupid level with the bikes. Because that yes. was just insane at how hard that was. And that's another thing for people that haven't played it. It wasn't just like, oh, if I have unlimited lives, like let's say Contra back in the day. You know, it's like, oh, if I have enough lives with the Konami code, I could get through this. No, there's parts where you have to jump and dodge the environment. And if you don't, you're not I, getting paid. Man, I remember some of the jumps in the, the bike sequence were so like you had to so perfectly time them. That if you were half a second off when you went to jump, you wouldn't make it across the gap. Or if you waited that little, just a little too long, you'd fall off the edge of the level. And it was just like, oh my God, like this is impossible. Like I, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Like, yeah. So since you have, let's see, 154, and I could do one. All right, so I'll do this. I'll do my my runners up for the the top things that I'm looking forward to coming out of E3. So, in no particular order, the, the the five things that I would say that I'm looking forward to that didn't hit my top five were um, one was the uh, announcement for the Call of Cthulhu game, um, which is interesting because it is a RPG tabletop rpg that they're actually making a video game out of and it is going to be a rpg game that you're going to play so just theming alone is amazing like especially even when you look at that announcement trailer just the way that they did the the whole announcement trailer was amazing and i can't wait to 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 see what comes forward to this because didn't show any gameplay and then in digging in from people that actually sat down and asked the questions to the the game makers is how they got out. Like, it's going to be an RPG and stuff like that. Um, so that's one that I would definitely say, like, holy crap, I can't wait for that. Um, my next Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, yeah. um, that, and I mean, my, like I said, this, this just made out of the top five for me. Um, 
that game so what's really funny about that like i own the original one i haven't played through it i have plenty of friends of mine that told me like oh you should sit there and, and play through it now one of the guys that sat there and played beyond good and evil and told me like you need to sit down and play this was the same person that played through psychonauts and was like you need to sit down and play through that game and it's amazing that psychonauts did not get as good as reviews so now mind you i knew he he had an obscure kind of like taste for games and i took it with a grain of salt but once i sat down and played psychonauts i was like holy crap i need to sit down and play beyond good and evil i've yet to play beyond good and evil but i have it so i have to just like load it up one day and just say okay the hell with it i'm gonna play it but just from that one recommendation of psychonauts i'm like this has got to be amazing and then just seeing with what they're doing with uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 just looks amazing. The fact that you can have an in-level progression, a flying around the city, and then you can have up to like a fight in space above the planet type of a thing just seems super interesting to me. Um, so I really can't wait to see how that one's going to be. Um, next one for me, the Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Like When they showed the announcement trailer... I was over the moon for it. Then when they started to show the gameplay from it, that was just like, I was I, I just sat there and said, like, I have to get this game. Um, the fact that they're doing it in the Resident Evil 7 engine, the fact that they're changing it to the over-the-shoulder camera instead of the fixed camera, which they used to have, is an interesting take on it. But at the same time, watching people play this where they're walking around in the office and all of a sudden have a zombie come up from behind them and grab them was just freakish as hell. Like, I jumped watching him. I knew uh, that was going to happen. I, I, knew that, I knew as soon as I looked at it, I was like, I, I knew that GameSpot oh, <laughs> was yeah, going to open up. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's hilarious, too, the timing of that. But that was one thing that when I saw that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't wait to get this and play this. Um so that was on my radar as well. Uh, and, and what's interesting is a lot of these stuff is, is there. It's like 2019, where normally you've seen where even though yes, E3 is in the middle of the year, uh, a lot of times they want to push stuff out by, you know, Black Friday, Christmas. So it's kind of yeah. interesting that you know a lot of these announcements are like sometime in 2019. You're like, man, it could be almost before the you know right at the next E3. Yeah. Um, so let me see here. That's one, that's two, that's three, that's definitely three, four, five. Uh, my next one is, and this became, uh, so wait, that was my third. Okay, my fourth one. After watching the gameplay of it, it just was like, holy crap. Uh, Spider-Man coming out on PS4 looks insane. It just looks so cool in the fighting that you can like, web grab stuff and use it to smack guys and things like that like it just it, it reminds me of the i believe it was like the spider-man 2 game where you could like swing around the city and stuff yeah which is really really fun it reminds me a lot of that just like up to the next level um i really thought that they they took a giant leap when that came out because spider-man always had that need to have like that open city like you really needed to feel like you know new york was spider-man's town and I mm -hmm. remember playing like old NES games. Like I remember the X Men, Spider Man X Men versus Arcade, and it's like uh, 
you never really got that Spider-Man experience. Even Spider-Man, the arcade game, was just like a side-scroller, like Final Fight or something. You didn't get to mm. use it. But when that came out in, on PlayStation, and you could swing around the city and just save people. Like, it was a living city like, you know, like GTA. So you would see, you know, you know a gang robbing a place, and you, it would be just like one of those side missions that you would, you would swing over to. And they'd have missions where it's like, oh, there's a car chase and you go swinging full speed across the city and then you'd see the car and you'd have to jump on the car, pull out, you know, pull Pull off the the driver and then disable the engine. And it's like adding to that, I think, is the right way to go. And I have to say, Sony has been doing well as far as the the Spider-Man franchise. Yeah. Um, and of the of the runners up, the last one that when I heard about and then saw a bit of it got me like hype, um, Dragon Quest Eleven. Ah. Um, I so I remember from way back in the where which this was originally here in the states was Dragon Warrior, uh, where you had Dragon Warrior one and two and three, I believe, on the NES, and then we pretty much didn't hear anything until. Dragon Quest Eight, I want to say, on the PS2 or 3. I think it's PS2. It was Dragon Quest Eight? I sat there and I played a good chunk of Dragon Quest Eight, and by far, like, blown away at how great that game was. And I was upset because I didn't get to finish it, and, like, I traded it in my PS2 and all that stuff, and I was like, damn, I still want to play that game, and there's nowhere to get it other than a PS2, which sucks. But... I'm hoping one day again to be able to like play that game because it was so much fun. But then seeing this like Dragon Quest Eleven coming to the states and all that, I'm like, oh hell yeah, I want to get this game to play um, because it just looks like such a fun game. It looks a lot like the old like Dragon Quest Eight and things like that. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. And a lot of so. people sometimes get like turned off by the Japanese style RPG, but this oh. always had that great mix of like yes. the American style that you. Well, I guess if it's American style, it depends on what you classify that style. What, right. but I mean, the idea of combining all the different classes, the questing, mm-hmm. all that, and like you said, uh, just looking at the pictures, it, it, it does look beautiful. I love that animation style. Yes. Uh, you know that that the world looks open, you know, like you could go <laughs> yes. anywhere. Um, so I mean, and, and that really looks, helps that immerse, immerse yeah, level. It, and the art level looks like it's still like the same as the uh, uh, Dragon Quest Eight, which is the guy that drew uh, Dragon Ball Z. So it looks exactly the same. Like that was the thing that amazed me about Dragon Ball, uh, or not Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Quest Eight, where like you looked at the main character, he almost looked like Goku with a with like a bandana on and stuff like he had that same lines that he would use for them, which is amazing. So, so is it just PS4? There's no, there's no, PC I, port? I believe they're going to have PC port on Dragon Quest 11. Finally. Oh, okay. Or PC. So, but that, that's my first bit of list. So now I, now I want to hear your first, like first disappointment. Well, okay. So, I buttered up Sony a little bit, right? Because... And I was going to say, I, I almost want you to save that one for last because I'm going to jump into a Randy's rant about that. About Sony? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All, right. All right, fine, fine. I'll do that. All right. Okay, so I'll switch to EA, our, our great <laughs> whipping boy, EA. Oh, the other whipping boy. Uh, but in this case, I side with EA. So how about that? Um, listen, unfortunately, we've seemed to have this 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 ongoing war about like women and and game 
gamers and, and guys and all this fight. And it's like, as much as you continue to hear people say that the media and social justice warriors and so on is stoking these fires and mm. it's not as bad as you think, it's just, man, when you keep seeing these stories pop up and you see all these people comment on it, and you can say what you will about comments, you can say it's the worst of people, they're anonymous, whatever. But I saw this whole thing about you know Battlefield Five, including women soldiers. Uh, I read all over the place. It wasn't like I just went to Reddit, you know, or it's not like I just went to like IGN or something. I looked all over the place, and you just see these people just come out and just have this backlash. And the excuses they come out with, it's like sometimes you have to sit back and really analyze these excuses. And then sometimes what you have to do, when you see someone say something like, oh, it's not authentic, it doesn't match, then you got to go back and you got to be like, well, but don't you like this game that uses guns that weren't right? You know, it's like yeah. I saw some people, some people I caught were like World, World of uh, war, war Tanks, you know, like World of Tanks. Some of those were fans of them because, you know, a lot of these people, especially on Reddit, you can track and see what else they like. And I'm like, you realize that a whole bunch of the tanks, the world of tanks aren't realistic. Oh, mm -hmm. well, it never said they were going to be. Well, when did Battlefield really say that they were 100% authentic? I never saw a commercial like that. <laughs> I mean, they, they had things that, I mean, first of all, they jumped to the future. You know, they had, they had 2049. You know, so it's like, come that on. Was, and and, and that's exactly what the EA representatives and Battlefield representatives had. They came out and they said, listen, first of all, A, yes, there were women soldiers even back mm -hmm. in World War II, first of all. So let's just, that argument's out the window. But second, the game has never been about 100% accuracy. It's about gameplay and having fun. You can attack EA for whatever else about that. But when it comes down to having the, a woman soldier in a game, it's like, come on, guys, you're making us look bad. Yeah, and, and that was the funny thing that, that you mentioned that about the authenticity is when Battlefield 1 came out and they were like, it's going to be World War One, and everyone was like, well, like, how many variations of guns are you going to have? Because there really weren't that many variations in World War One, And then they start throwing in all these machine guns. And it was hilarious because you had all those, like, the, the hardcore was like, oh, this is already not accurate and this and that. And, and they were like, well, technically... These guns were designed in that era. The war just ended before they could use them. Yeah, and that's the same thing. excuse they used in um, in uh, World of War tanks. They said some of these were schematics. Some of these were partly in production. Some of these, they made one prototype and never was war ready. And you're right, and that was the thing that's funny. Like, I've played World of Tanks, and you look at the, I believe it's like the Chinese line. They have someone where it's like, oh, this is the so-and-so experimental. Like, that was an actual experimental tank that they were working on and never came to see the light of day. But it was just, like, so funny that of all the things that people would have could have said, like, you know, shame on you, EA, da, da, da. like, this was the point that they sat there and harped on. Like, the fact that, A, they were women's, like, let alone, like, nobody mentioned anything. It's like, hey, there's guys with prosthetics running around that, honestly, like, I don't even know if during that era, like, you actually had soldiers running around with prosthetics. I'm pretty sure if a soldier got hurt where they lost an arm and all, it's like, hey, you've done your service. Go on home. You don't have to worry about fighting. Like, that was one of those things that was just like, I saw that, I'm like, huh, that's an interesting thing to put in. I'm like, I'm not going to bitch about it. Like, it's kind of cool that they, like, have that like and and the thing that i found neat about that is like how when you're looking through the demo like the 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 sniper girl with the prosthetic arm like 
holds the hook and then lays the like opens the hook and then sits it down like a bipod in between and just, just boom and starts picking people off. And I'm like, all right, that's cool that she could do that. The the problem that I have is, especially as a black guy, I see a lot of these same things that were said about you know black people back in the day. And I'm mm -hmm. not I'm talking about back in the day like 90s, not back in the days like 60s. It's like, look, listen, we all know that. Yeah, it's like, we all know that, yes, media, Hollywood, whatever you want to call it, can overdo things. And when I say overdo, I mean like they'll oversaturate the market. So it's just like we see now you have, you know, comic book. First, they were like scared and, and they wasn't sure about comic books. Now everyone wants, there's like 10,000 comic book shows now. Mm -hmm. And the same thing's going to be with diversity. You know, some of these people are actually trying to be more diverse and help represent all the gamers which is not a bad thing people but then yes the other part is it is that they know that hey we need to push this out because maybe they'll get more people to, to play our games they'll get us more positive um you know media coverage and things like that so yes you'll see a lot more of this and that you'll see a lot more women in gaming just like back in the 90s all of a sudden, it was like you had a lot of black movies. You had a lot of mm -hmm. black people showing up in TV shows where a lot of times it was almost an all-white cast. And, and some people had a problem. Now you look at that and like 99% of people aren't going to say anything. But I remember even back when Batman versus Robin, way back, you know, those were the <laughs> Schum Schumacher <laughs> days of Batman, way before Nolan. Uh, they were talking about maybe casting a black Batman. And I was saying to myself, you know what? I don't, I, as a black man, don't, wouldn't even want that. I'd rather have them keep it closer to the source material. Mm -hmm. If you want to introduce, you know, like how they had like a uh, dark Knight, where, you know, it was a, a female in the dark, dark Knight returns or something like that. Or you want to do an else world where it's a, a black Robin. That's cool. You don't have to force things, but at the same time, if you want to include someone into something, if you like adding uh cyborg to the justice league, so you can have a little more diversity things like that. Come on, guys. There's no reason to get all your panties in a bunch because yelling and screaming about it is not going to make it go away. It's not going to make these people you know, say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should push back. No. They're just going to be like, they're going to stereotype us all as like women-hating losers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we don't let, just let it go. If the game is bad for whatever reason, if it's a Battlefront 2 where it's loot boxes or issues like that, fine. Call them out on that. But oh. like, Attacking them over like having a woman and then trying to use weak excuses like authenticity, just leave them alone, guys. They they better not pull that BF two controversy crap with the the loot boxes, the battlefield. Because I swear I will cry. I'll have an ugly cry, and I will never play another battlefield game. And I hate to say that because it is one of my favorite series out there. But so my of my top five disappointments, I'm actually going to go over four. Because the number one one, we're kind of we'll basically full circle this once we go to your other uh, thing. So for me, my the the fifth top disappointment uh, of E3 this year, and I know we're we'll probably get some hate for this is good lord another Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, where to start with this? Like, so there's such thing as buying a beautiful horse. And then riding this horse and, ra and, and racing this horse and winning championships with this horse. And then you decide, like, we're going to put him out the pasture and we may make him become a stud. And then the horse kind of gets older. But you're like, no, no, he can still do it. I can race him and I can still whip him and he'll still run. But eventually that horse is going to fall down and it's going to die. 
but you still got this jockey to sit there whipping the crap out of the horse. <laughs> and I feel it's gotten to that point with the Assassin's Creed franchise. Like it's become almost like a Call of Duty where they're like, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. No, no, no. Like or Madden. <laughs> or Madden. Like, granted, if you look at where Assassin's Creed is now compared to like when it first first came out, like man, they've made huge changes of like how the game itself plays. But if you take the last like two to three Assassin's Creeds and then sit them side by side, it is almost a cookie cutter where it's like three generations back, it's the cookie. The generation after that, oh, look, they put frosting on the cookie. And then this generation is like, oh, they added sprinkles to the frosting on the cookie. It is almost got like almost the same thing over and over and over and over again. They're just changing the location from one place to the next. And like the thing that I laugh about this is like it's getting to the point like they're running out of regions that they can do. Yeah. Like literally from here they've done this one's Greece, they've already done Egypt, they've done colonial stuff. Like we're pretty much talking and they've already done the Italian. Like we're pretty much talking like they're going to only be able to do like Chinese and Japanese and then that's it. They're going to have to figure it out. They'll probably start doing like alternate history or something, something. like that. Like well, they already did that. They already did that with the colonial one where like oh. the DLCs you like changed history with uh George Washington and all that crap. Like they've already done it. So it's like, okay, y'all got two more two more iterations of Assassin's Creed you could do that people will be on board. After that, if we see like an Assassin's Creed in space, that's it. Like we've lost it. <laughs> Assassin Creed, the Trump Wars. Yeah, like the space. What was it? Space Force. Space Force. Okay. Um, that was my number five. My number four, and I hated to put this on this list because I liked the first game so much, but Dying Light Two. Mm. And the only reason why this made my list is not because it's a sequel to Dying Light and all that. But just, I feel like they took what made Dying Light so great and kind of veered away from that in that whole, like, the decisions that you make alter kind of, like, what ends up happening in the world. Whereas the original Dying Light had a really good story. Like, I don't know if they started to introduce something like that with that, that big DLC pack. Like, I have the DLC pack, but I haven't played it yet. Um, but that was to me just like it's it felt like mm, they're, they're like I understand they want to do changes, but it feels like they're they're changing too much of the core game. Like it still has that whole parkour thing, which was really, really cool. Um I don't know if you played the original Dying Light if you did. I saw no, I didn't personally play it, but I've seen friends play it and watch that let's play. Yeah. For me, there was nothing <laughs> Nothing more oh crap moment in that game than the first time that you had to, you were out and about and it turned into nighttime and those like really scary like zombie things came out. And the only reason why I say this was I was doing the mission. I go out, I get to where the Zombrex is or whatever it was that it was called and like, you know, do that part of the mission. And they're like, hey, you have to come back. And I'm heading back, and I round a corner, and I wasn't paying attention to the map. But I round the corner, and here I am, face-to-face -face with one of these guys. His back is to me. And I had my flashlight on. So, of course, the moment I round the corner, he starts turning around. And I'm like, oh! And I turn around and just started running. 
And the thing is, those things, when they would spot you, you'd hear this like, like this shriek. And then it would sprint after you. And I remember I'm just like running and jumping and running and jumping and jumping and running. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, God, it's going to get it's going to get because like you can hear them coming behind you. And the thing is, once one gets spots you and it starts running you, the other ones will notice it and they'll follow this thing. You know, up until you kind of like break line of sight with it and then it loses where you are. And dude, I remember like it breaking line of sight with me just as I got back to the home base. Cause like you're not that far from your home base, but that sheer panic and, and adrenaline that I went through running up onto these roofs and then just running and jumping and just trying to get away from this thing was amazing. Um, and I feel like that it may drop the ball on something like that, but. Time will tell on that one. Um, the next, the, the my number three, and this one hurt to put down was the division two. Oh, and reason being is it is the same uh, to, to to say in English an old Spanish saying. It's the same dog with a different collar on. Okay, just because now they're doing it in DC instead of New York, it literally looks like the exact same game. They didn't really show anything that I would say like it wouldn't turn into what the division was. It was like, hey, I have this like great AR that fires seven six two rounds and then have to shoot three clips worth of ammo into a guy to kill them. Not realistic. I think what's happening is the same thing that kind of happened with 24, the TV show, where it's yeah. like, you know, they realize they're like, man, you know, we can't have like a terrorist attack every single year happening in Los Angeles. So we're going to move it around. And it's like, is that going to work? Maybe they think that maybe the fallout theory where it's like, oh, well, fallout's in D.C. Now fallout's in Vegas. Fall right. But I don't know if that's going to work with Division because it's right. like when you, the, that's the problem when you use like real cities and things like that is that. Uh, and it's not like apocalyptic or something or alternate timeline is, is that you're not, what's going to really, it's just like, you could almost have just moved down, you know, another part of New York or something like that. It's like, right. it, what else are you bringing to the table except, Oh, do I get to, uh, you know, run around the white house or Capitol huh. Hill or something like, I, and, and I mean, and, and, Oh, for God's sake, Ubisoft, please, please, please. When you show a demo of gameplay, stop using these pre-scripted actors to make it seem like they're gamers playing the game. Real people, real gamers don't do that. We don't like, hey, what was that sound? Let's go figure out what it is. No. <laughs> it, it's, it's like when you're watching TV and you can tell, it's, you can tell sometimes nowadays between people who actually have played with a controller and haven't because you'll see them like they're acting because you know the game it, isn't on. But they're pressing the buttons and they're looking and they almost have that look where you're like, I can believe you're playing that. Then you have the people who have never used the controller before and then they're holding it like this and they're like. No, yeah. My favorite is. And they're going really fast to make it look right. like they're into it. And they're, you look at their hands and they're doing this and you're like, yeah. My favorite thing is they're playing like the sound effects of them playing the game. And then you hear the. But then the button presses no, like nowhere near sync to what's going on in the sound effects. Like they're playing Mario and you hear the bling, bling of him jumping in there. And it's like, no, no. It, I it, remember 
<laughs> one show. It was it was really weird too because Gears of War must have paid them because seriously, the <laughs> show has nothing to do with games. The character was just a kid of the main character and he didn't have any story or anything. But for some reason, they spent a good two minutes showing him playing Gears of War. But what's funny is they would show a full screen of Gears of War then they'd show him, like, you know, you're just looking and playing, and he's playing Gears of War like this. Yeah. And if anyone that plays Gears of War, you're that not moving work. like that. Yeah, that don't work. <laughs> you're not, you're not furiously clicking buttons in game in Gears of War. And it's just like, come on, man. And, like, and if you are, you're the dude that basically is the bait that you use, the other teammates use to figure out where the hell they're coming from. That was, that was the other thing. Yeah. That's like my friend playing Rainbow Six Siege. He'd just like bum rush into a room and we'd all just sit outside looking to see where the bullet trails come from to kill him. So then we know, all right, we know there's a guy back there. <laughs> it's like um, an EverQuest when you send the ranger in to get the death touch from the yeah. boss mob. Yeah. Um, so my number two, which honestly was almost my number one, but my number one was so heinous that it had to be number one was and i hate to say this because i love the franchise itself so much but overkill's walking dead game i man i was especially watching the little videos that they were leaking out of the characters that you're gonna play in the game were getting better and better and then they actually showed gameplay and i was just like oh dear god i hope it's better than that and it just seemed like, oh man, it, it's it's. There were so many people saying that, like when you looked at it, it almost was like could have been a mod for Payday or Payday Two, and it does seem like that. And the only kind of like saving light of the Walking Dead game that seems interesting is the whole like if you go and make noise, it has that little meter that fills up that if it hits like three times around like it a horde of the undead come in and it seems like they're making the story be more of like oh you're going to be fighting against other survivors not so much the horde just to me seems like it's almost like they're kind of missing the point of the whole walking dead itself which is all about the survival aspect of it you know, and that that to me, like just looking at it, is it just looks so bland in how it played that I was just like, eh. And I mean, I like the fact that they're putting in like, oh, you can have like silencers and things like that for weapons, but they'll eventually wear out and then they'll you won't be able to use them and it won't work. And it's just it was just so disappointing to see it's that. Like game. I almost think about PUBG if they just threw in a whole bunch of zombie mo uh, mobs in there you know you're yeah. running around and there's just npc zombies all over the place too so while you're busy dodging bullet fires by some random guy a zombie can sneak up and bite you yeah and i mean it, it had a lot of feeling of you know of the the um what do we call it their damn other game that they had um this is a payday where it's like oh once you get knocked out you get knocked out and you have like your pistol which is kind of similar to left for dead and it just, like I said, it just like it looked and it sounded and like it, it's interesting that each character has their own like little special thing that they can do. But it just like I looked at it and I was just like, nah, like I I was so hyped for this. And then I look at him going like, eh, I may wait for this to go on a Steam summer sale or something. 
to pick that up because it just didn't like um it just didn't rope me in enough to do it uh, oh 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 you, you, you're 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 up with your next thumbs up, which that one I I will say I, I that one that one just missed out on my list. Yeah, um, I I like anything Elder Scrolls related. Of course, I'd love to see them either continue with like the next Skyrim, things like that. But Elder Scrolls Blades looks actually pretty cool. It does. Uh, I, I was looking at actually the the Switch uh, version, and it it looks like it's gonna be really fun. Though I mean. I, I, I still got to see. Remember when you were telling me about the Morrowind project? I still got to see. Is that mm. out yet? Uh, I don't know. Because I'm really, I'm still interested in that. But it's like when I saw this, I was like, hey, this, this looks like it'll be fun. It'll give me something yeah. to do in, until. Because, man, I still have a friend that plays Skyrim like crazy. And with I didn't realize how big the mod community is mm -hmm. with Skyrim. And it's like you can have so many new quests and change up the entire world make it look like when i saw it i was like wow it looks like a new game with the new mm -hmm. models that they put on everything but um you know people are have been disappointed about you know games coming out and it's not the game that they were well, looking for but i think that what i've seen so far which has only been a little that hold hopefully uh, elder scrolls blades will be an interesting game and I, i'm curious about the mobile component yeah that's that's gonna be interesting and, and I will definitely say this as a partial kind of like thumbs down type of a thing. And even the developer said it like they should not have teased Elder Scrolls Six. Like yeah. even the developer was like, we should have done that. Like it's so way far out that it's it's not even funny. Yeah, that's why like no one's even really talking about it because it's yeah. like, oh, okay. They just <laughs> they did that as a a a uh, 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 hey guys. Shut up! We're working on it, like pretty much, because that, that everybody was clamoring. When are you going to announce six? When are you going to announce six? They're like, "All right, shush. Here you go. Here's a piece of cheese. Go away." You know, like that was that. Um, but yeah, no, it's that one really intrigued me because it's like, oh, it's going to be kind of cool how they're doing it with the the touch controls and stuff like that on the mobile. Um, and, and and the big thing, like, I feel with any type of, like, mobile game, and at least they're bringing it to Switch, which is going to be interesting, is as long as they don't try and, like, just loot box the crap out of it, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like, you can do you can do loot box and do cosmetics and stuff like that, like, make your money that way, but don't do, like, don't punish the guy that wants to not pay for it by putting these, like, grinds or things like that into it. That's That's all... I've got to say about that. Like, a loot box system can work. You just have to do it right. And you know? and if people think that it's bad in PC or or console gaming, it is a billion times worse in mobile because oh, not only will you start a game because I mean you think about it, most of these games are free, so you know there's going to be some money involved, so you might be okay with that. But man, you'll be playing and you'll you'll be able to do pretty well. But they can patch it at any time, and I've seen where a game came out and. I'm I'm almost starting to wonder if this is becoming like purpose because you you gotta really think you don't want to be a conspiracy guy but you start to think it's on purpose where they'll release a game make it free to play have these little things that you can buy you could get pretty far in the game so people give it you know four or five stars mm -hmm. then they patch it and then force you to to basically get 
pay all this money just to barely be able to compete. And mm -hmm. that's why sometimes when you look at these mobile games, you'll look back and you all of a sudden for the last month or two, it's all one stars. Cause they're, and everyone will say, I loved it when it came out three months ago, but they patched it and now it's impossible unless you spend, you know, tons of money in it. And it's like, that's something that's going to have to be looked into very soon. Cause yeah. that's really bad. You get addicted to a game. It's fun. You're paying maybe you may you put a couple of bucks here and there and all of a sudden they change the script on you and then it's like nope if you want to even advance a little bit you better fork out a lot of money and and that was a big thing that they talked about like EA was a big one on that with the uh, was it the Dungeon Keeper one that they released on mobile yeah that they were like you know they could have like I I think Jim Sterling said it best where he's like here's a franchise that people loved and they could have done that completely differently and had some kind of loot box type of thing that you pay for, and they probably would have made a good chunk of money just for the nostalgia trip that people would have taken. But the fact that they put it where like, oh, you want to dig one block, you got to wait 24 hours or pay real-time money to just skip through it. That was where so many people did that. They hit that block. And like, we're not talking about you're hitting that block, you know, a hundred hours in no like you're literally talking about 10 minutes into playing it and you're already hitting that block and i know so many people that started doing that and they were like just immediately like delete all right gone yeah and the other one that was funny as hell was the uh just recently that harry potter mobile game that they just came out with they did the same thing where it was like you have energy that you have to use to do stuff and when you run out of energy, you got to wait like 20 minutes to recuperate back. Like, I think it's like one star or three stars. And, or you could pay two bucks and instantly refill it and all that. And they're like, they're like, it wouldn't be so bad if the amount of energy you need to produce tasks is more than what you'll actually have in your entire pool. So you have to go do, 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 do. All right, wait. And then wait for yeah. it to build back and then go, 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 go. All right, I'm done with that one task. All right, the next task, go, go, go. Oh, got to wait again. Like, they said that that's where you could tell where the greed comes through, and it's like that's the quickest way to make people turn away from this game. It'd be yeah. like if you're playing a, a a game, like let's say like a a, a death match, but all the health packs cost a dollar. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's you want health, pay a dollar. Otherwise, you're gonna die. Yeah. Now our number one is a combined. We both oh, 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 Now I gotta do my I gotta do my my my, my top five of the. Of the ones that I'm most anticipated looking for. Ah, okay. Um, so, and this, this for me was hard to put them in the order that I wanted to from like least hype to most hype because there were so like things in it that me personally, like it kind of moved things up around. Um, but my number five, and it was hard to put this at number five, let me tell you was uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate coming out on um, Switch. Which, what was crazy about that is the fact that they're like, oh, they're starting to show like the different characters from all the different versions of the Switch, of the uh, Super Smash. And then all of a sudden at the end be like, yeah, they're all going to be in, the Switch, in this Ultimate version. It was just like, what? Although I, I still laugh my ass off at the fact that everybody on the internet right away was like, but where's Waluigi? <laughs> like, he was the one guy that got left out. Oh, uh, it's hilarious. Um, but one of the things that, that intrigued me, and it's on a side note of it, like, it was really interesting to see Nintendo's conference, like, really only focus on a couple of games. 
and not mention a lot of big games that they announced last year, like no prime four, you know, things like that. Like it was kind of odd, but um, I've been a fan of super smash brothers forever. I'm horrible at it, but I really also haven't like had the time to sit down and really play and get good at it. Um, but it's interesting to see like how good that's looking. The fact that they're going to come out with the adapters and GameCube controllers that you could plug into the adapter so that you could play that on the Switch is going to be crazy as well. Um, but I'm looking forward to actually like sit and play, play that game and really get into it. And it's going to be neat that like, hey, not only can I play it like at home, but like being able to like take it portably with me is going to be amazing. I think. Um, of course, you know. Nintendo's smart strategy of like it's probably coming out on the same day that like hey you want to play online twenty bucks for the year, you know so good on Nintendo. All right, you got my, you're gonna get my money for that. You're gonna get my money for that. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. They're gonna get it. Um, my number four on this um, has got to be Fallout seventy six. Um, even with as little that we know of Fallout 76. As I researched more and more about it, what's interesting is apparently Fallout 76 was going to be a multiplayer component of Fallout 4. And as they were doing that, they realized like, hey, this is not going to work with Fallout 4, and they took it out of Fallout. What the hell is that in the background? People sneaking around. Um, but that was like one of the, the, the interesting things about that it was going to be a component of Fallout 4. And then they realized like this isn't going to mix well and then took it out, which was cool. But then didn't get rid of it. And they're like, let's focus a bit more on that. And now they're, they're actually making it like a full-fledged game itself. And what's neat is from the stuff that they've released, like they're they're making it where it's all online and it's like a survival, one of those like survival games, but in the Fallout universe. And I find it really interesting that they're the time frame that they're picking for this, which is perfect because it's going to be the first group of survivors coming out of one of the Fallout shelters really early. So right after the end of the world type of a thing. Um, and what makes this one really interesting is because if you've played the other Fallout games, you realize that Shelter 76 was the control shelter where they didn't do any experiments or anything like that on the people. So it adds to that, like, cool, you can have multiple people coming out of it and things like that. Of course, the funny thing that they do that I laugh that they talk about it. It's like literally Fallout 76 is going to turn into the you and your group of friends rushing to find out who can find the first nuke first and then nuke the other players' uh, <laughs> bases and stuff, which is going to be hilarious. And then, like, of course, the developer came out and they're like, yes, there will be nukes. They're going to be very, very hard to find, and it's going to be very, very tough to, like, actually use one in that sense. So it's going to be funny. It always goes down that dark rabbit hole, I find. Oh, yeah. People, game. people, it's like, I mean, and that's why I can understand, like, sometimes people will look at um, Walking Dead or something and be like, oh, is, is all these people that you run across evil? How come they don't meet more nice people? I'm like, 
Really, guys? You guys go crazy over Black Friday sales. What would happen if we no. actually <laughs> had like, zombies and end of the world? It's like, come on, let's be it's realistic. Like, come on now. Y'all almost kill each other for a $20 blender. What the hell would you think would happen if, uh... which let me tell you, if they were to take the Walking Dead IP and turn that into one of those like survival games, like that would be killer. That would be killer. Honestly, I think. I think, uh, though, you'd have to make it where it's camps, almost like a capture the flag type thing, where maybe, or like a raid, because I don't think it would be great to just have people running around a city or something like that. Well, but, you, can, you can make like randomly generated maps and, and be different states or whatever. Like, you can, I, I, the way that I would do something like that would be have a quote unquote server be, let's say, each of the different. Things you break it down to like a different state, and then you say, "I want to go into Georgia," and then have it randomly generate a map where it'll generate like little cities, kind of like how Seven Days to Die kind of does, like random little spots where there's cities and then countryside and stuff like that. And you have to like go around, build a camp, survive. Like you have to protect it, put up defenses for not only against walkers, but put up defenses against actual other survivors, stuff like that. Like that's how I would do. Something like that. Like you can make it where, like, all right, let's go into the city and then find a building, clear it out of walkers, and then we'll set this up as our base type of a thing. You know, that'd be cool to do. But anyways, um, that was number four. Number three, although we have not seen any gameplay of it, but people that have seen gameplay of it talk very highly of it, and just from the group that it comes from, and the games that they've worked on before is amazing. Uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, and from what I've seen of people that have given interviews that got to see that closed door 45 minutes of gameplay, they said like it. These people have just completely like it's blown away just how the game itself plays and all that because it is a first person, quote unquote, shooter, but it is an RPG. And they said that they really did really interesting things on how they made all those elements work. And I laugh because a lot of those people were like, if you think it's going to be The Witcher 3, but with freaking like cyborgs and all that, like, no, it's completely different. <laughs> which was, which at least the thing for me about that game, which was interesting, is like, it is intriguing that they didn't go with a third person view for your character. They did first person. But at the same time, like, I feel especially if you're going to be doing um, shooting and things like that, like definitely you're going to want to do a first person, like third person is not going to work for something like that. Um, but for sure, but for, <laughs> but for sure it's going to be an interesting like thing to see. Like I can't wait to see more of it as that stuff comes out um, for sure. Um, but then Oh man, my number two, number one. Mm. So I will, I will say this because of my own fandom. My number one is gonna stay my number one. My number two game that I like. This is a shut up and take my money uh, thing for me. The Last of Us Two. Um, the reason being is the Last of Us has been the only game. That I bought it on PS3, sat down and played through the whole game, amazed by the, you know, amazed by the game. Amazed. Um, 
because those guys um, at Naughty Dog, like, they're just so great at telling a story. Um, but then not only just the story hooked me in, but, like, I sat there and traded that in when I traded it in my PS3, and I literally bought the remastered one for PS4 to not only, like, play through it again with the better graphics, but, like, also to play the DLC. Oh, yeah. Which, if you have not, like, I don't know if you have you played the DLC? I, I only watched it. I, I don't have the console, so yeah. I, I, but I watched the whole playthrough of it. I will say this, like, when you finally see, like, that end of the DLC of what happens. And it's like, like, it fills in that backstory of why she holds on to that picture and all that. And then you finally see, like, oh, that's how she got bit. It just, like, left me, like, holy crap. Like, these guys know how to write a good story. And the thing that seems interesting with part two is it seems like it's going to focus more on Ellie itself. And just what they showed at E3 where, like, you see that whole scene of her at the dance and blah, 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 and then it, like, cuts to that really dark gameplay of her just, like, stabbing a dude in the neck with a piece of glass. And then that whole thing that it goes through. And then it cuts back to that scene of them dancing and all that. Like, it's crazy to see that, like, you're going to see just how like like how she had something that she cared about and now it's like all gone type of a thing like the struggle that she goes through and it makes me wonder like are you gonna get to like play as joel like is he gonna show up in the story like did she ever figure out that at the end of the first game he lied to her type of a thing like there's so many questions that they gotta answer with that game that i'm like just so looking like that's gonna be like it comes out boom it's getting bought i'm gonna play that Kind of like God of War with me. Um, and my my number one, like, I cannot wait for this thing to come out, um, is because I'm such a huge fan of it, is the Battlefield 5. Because um, I did enjoy Battlefield 1. I like the fact that they finally, that EA finally heard from the players where you guys are coming out with these premium packs. Not everybody's getting the premium packs and then a DLC drops and you literally split your community in half, you know? Um, finally, it's great to see that they're just going to be releasing all the DLC to everybody. So everybody will be able to play with everybody, but please, for the sake of God, EA do not nickel and dime us on freaking backs. On loot boxes, please. That's the one fear I have of that game is they're going to do something stupid like what they did with Battlefront. And at least Battlefront, they got smart with it and they fixed it. But I feel like they fixed that at way too late of a time and it like the damage is already done by the time they fixed it. Like I have to jump back onto Battlefront because from people that I know that have played it, they say like when you play Battlefront now, it is an amazing game. But it's like, ugh. But yeah, so that's my that's my last of my top five, and then our like your night, your thumbs down, and my top disappointment of E three. Well, talk about splitting the player base. Um, Sony earlier, I gave them props for their Spider Man fi- franchise and things like that, but man, I don't understand this thing about blocking cross platform. Um, 
And just in case someone doesn't know what that means, that is being able to play with people like that has the same game on other consoles or even PC. So you have games where you would be able to load in and you're playing with the same pool of people that are also playing, let's say if it's a PlayStation game, it'd be on Xbox, and then you'd also be able to play it on PC. And yes, in some cases, there are certain games where the version that has come out is so different that you can't do that. But since then, a lot of these games, people realize if it's gonna be multi-platform, then they're gonna make it so that you can play together. Because the worst thing mm-hmm. you want is you jump onto a game that you like and it's hard to find a game because people don't even like to wait 30 seconds to a minute for a game. Mm-hmm. But if for some reason the game starts to slow down in one community over the other and then you're sitting there waiting, you're, you're going to be upset. So if you know that you have the PC people, you have the Xbox One, you have the PlayStation 4, then you don't have to worry about that. But Sony saying that they were going to block as far as for, Fortnite, they were blocking that so you can't play with that. Fallout 76, they're block- they say it won't have cross-platform play either. I, I don't understand what they're doing. And you know, it, It's like people are attacking Xbox One saying, hey, you know, in this r- round of the console wars, Sony won. I don't know if it's going to their head, but they're going to lose quickly if, yeah. they, if they say to themselves, oh, we're on top. We're going to start acting like bastards. It's like, no, don't do that. And that's, that's a big thumbs down right there. Yeah, and this is the key thing that... And where I laugh about it is because the same kind of thing happened PS2-ish era where they were on top and then they started pulling out all these like dickish moves and everyone went and then jumped over to Microsoft and then they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then that was that was where then they got lucky that Microsoft screwed up and did that whole like oh you had to always be online with the Xbox One and and the whole like once you had a game onto your system and all that and Sony like just took that and ran with it and the thing about it is is like a lot of people that are saying like they're they're letting it get to their heads that like we have the biggest player base and if they want to play they can play with each other it's like yeah that's fine and dandy but you know what if I have a friend that has an Xbox One and I have a PS4 we should be able to play together especially considering that they've already proven that it can work. The fact that when Rocket League launched, it was working, and then all of a sudden Sony was like, (laughs) and flipped the switch and made it stop working, is just proof that it works. The fact that I forgot what other thing it was, it was the same thing. Like As soon as they launched it, it was working. Crossplay was working. I think initially it was working crossplay again, and Sony did the same thing, (laughs) and flipped the switch, and that was it. And the thing that's that, that I laugh about the whole thing of that is, number one, they never told people, hey, if you associate your PC Fortnite account with a PS4, you will not be able to play it on another thing. Because I ran into that home. Like, I, I, right away, as soon as I found out, I'm like, what? I can play Fortnite on my Switch, and I can carry it around with me and be portable? And as soon as I tried to log in, the, and what's really funny is they changed the message that pops up. Because when it first did it, it said, you cannot log into your account. This account is associated, you know, with a with, a, with an account that will not allow this to talk with this. And then they put big-ass words, neither Epic customer service or the Fortnite customer service can help you with this problem. Like, Epic was first one to say, like, 
It's not us, yeah. bro. It's Sony. Don't call us. Don't call us. You. It's Sony. And the thing that was really funny about, like, where it really for me was, like, it just went to show, like, how arrogant Sony was, is when it started to take off and trend up, that Sony's response was, well, we have 48 million players that are playing on our network so they can play with each other and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, cool. And then their stocks dropped 2% because of this, which is funny because, hey, people people talk with their money. Mm-hmm. And now you have the guy from Sony saying, like, well, we're looking at all these different options and all of that and blah, 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 and we're going to come out with the right one. And then you have another interview from a person that used to work at Sony Online that said basically the reason why they're doing this, it all comes down to money. They do not want somebody that owns an Xbox and a Sony going on Xbox, paying for the V-Bucks through their Xbox, and then jumping onto the Sony and getting those V-Bucks over there because Sony doesn't get any money from it. And and here's where this is like I'm jumping on the soapbox with the Randy rant is it's for shame on them that they're doing this because this is going to bite them in the end. And I can tell you as a person that bought a PS4 straight out the gate because I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that Microsoft. If Microsoft's going to do that with they're always on DRM and all that, and I spoke with my wallet, well, guess what? This next generation coming up. I'm going to speak with my wallet again, and you better damn well believe I will jump over to a Microsoft console and not bother with the Sony until it's way late into its lifetime because I did that with the PS3. PS3, I had an Xbox 360. I didn't get a PS3 till it was damn near the end of its life cycle, and I laughed because when I got a PS3 and started playing some of the games, I was like, man, I really missed out on a lot of really good games on this thing. And I realized after the fact, but it was when... Sony did the dumb move with the PS3 where at first it was backwards compatible and then they said, nope, not going to be backwards compatible. You're not going to be able to play your old games on it. And that really pissed off so many people. And they don't understand that you can end up losing money on other things because someone who, let's say they were, they were again the Fallout, I mean, uh, um, into Fortnite, they might say to themselves, hey, I have a PC too. It's not like you could you go back to maybe the, the original PlayStation or something where people were still not sure how many of the public would have a PC. A lot mm-hmm. of people have a computer now. And especially with Fortnite, you don't need to have, you know, yeah. the latest and greatest to play that game. So that you could get people to say to themselves, you know what? I'm not why should I get it for for PlayStation? I'll yeah. just get it for PC instead. And that's the last thing you want to do is to have people start saying, I'm going to buy it for this instead of that <laughs> because of your 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 decisions. And the funniest thing is is that I've seen people who have a PC, who have the Xbox, and something comes out on PlayStation, they say, oh, I want to try that out, and they'll get it anyway. So it, it just seems like there really isn't a good uh, reason to do this overall. I mean, yeah. yes, the V-Bucks and all that, but like you said, losing stock prices, percentage, like 1%, 2% is huge, huge. for something like Sony. That's, that's not amazing. nothing. It sounds like, oh, 1%, 2%, that's nothing. No, that's yeah. a lot of money. And, and that's the thing where, like, when you look at it in that perspective, if you're talking 2% of a dollar, it's two cents. It's nothing. But now bump that up by a couple hundred million. It's a ton of money. You know, and that's the thing that that will shake a business completely. Like, oh, hey, we did this. Oh, crap, our stock dropped 2%. Like, you're talking millions of dollars that just went down the toilet because you made a stupid decision. And that's, I think, the thing that Sony right now it hasn't hit them yet. 
because they're up there. We're like, ha, 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 we have the big player base and all that. That We're going to throw out exclusives and they're going to buy it. Yes, you're going to get people to buy your exclusive games for your system. But do not think that, like in my case, if something comes out and they say it's available on Xbox, PS4, PC, guess what? I buy it on PC. Yep. I don't buy it on a console. You know, I will sit there and, and and even if it's something that that they say like, oh, yeah, it plays better on a controller. Guess what? I have a controller that I can use on my PC. It's no problem. I'll still exactly. play, you know. And, and if you think about it, that's one thing that back in the day, Microsoft games, when they came out, that's one of the things that they realized. Because if you remember, even early 2000, you'd get a lot of these ports and sure, you could do a controller. But a lot of times the buns weren't configured right and you had to mess around. Mm-hmm. When Microsoft came out with their Microsoft Games platform, mm-hmm. it launched like a console. And that's mm-hmm. because they realized, hey, I need to do it. And this was before Xbox or right yeah. around the same time of Xbox. So what would happen is you'd put in the disc. Yes, we were still using uh, physical media back then. <laughs> and it would load up like a console and immediately pick up your controller. And then it would say, press controller on your, you know, press the start button on your controller to start. And it played like a console. And that helped a lot of people. Maybe PC gamers are like, oh, I don't need that. I'm a a pro. But for a lot of the more casual new people to PC, they like the aspect where that PC started acting just like. And that's why Steam and all that started great because it worked like a console. You click a button, it picks up your controllers, bam, you're right in the game. So if Microsoft, which is huge, can make those concessions because they realize it helps the player base, Sony better get smart quick. And and here's here's the, the... Biggest thing that I will say that has been in my in my book the biggest positive to wean somebody away from a PlayStation to an Xbox console that has a PC, the fact that they made it that any first party game that they release, you either buy it on Xbox or you buy it on PC and you actually have a digital version on the opposing thing is huge. Because I sat there and I looked at it. I said, you know, now that Microsoft is actually starting to come out with some very interesting games, I would consider getting an Xbox One. And if I were to do it, I'm not going to get just a, an Xbox One. I'm going to get an Xbox One X. I'm going to go for the bigger one, you know, for the better thing. But at the same time, I look at it and I say, well, shoot. I own Sea of Thieves. I own State of Decay 2. And I own Gears of War 4. There's three games right there that I could sit there and go to Best Buy, drop my money on the console, come home without a single game, and I already have three games that I could play for it. You know, and looking at that going, damn, like that is probably one of the smartest things that they could have done because I could sit there and say, ooh, I'm here on my PC. I want to play Gears of War 4. And I could play it and play with my friends that are on their Xbox. Or I can sit there and say, like, you know what? I just want to lounge on the couch. I could still go out there pick up that controller and play with my friends that are playing it, whether they're on PC or on their console. And the sheer fact that Microsoft is getting very, very smart in the sense of, hey, I have an Xbox One controller that I use for my PC wirelessly. I have a battery pack in it and all that stuff. This is the same controller that I can sit there and go if I end up getting an Xbox and now I have a second controller, third controller. I have two one wired, one unwired, because I got one that came with my Oculus Rift because they were smart enough to bundle that into the Oculus Rift. And I'm looking at it going, you know what? Like, I literally, if you look at it, I will, if I were to get a Xbox One right now, I'd already have two controllers I could play with two people over there and I could still have one on my PC. Or hell, worst case scenario, I now have three controllers I could play with 
on my on my uh, console with it. You know, I literally only have the one P PlayStation Four um, controller that I have for my PS4. Now, I will give Sony this: that network play thing that they have for the computer for the PS4 is pretty damn cool. And I don't know if you know what that is. No, that one I'm, I'm not. So it's a software that you can run on a PC or Mac. You basically, and it's it only works on PS4 because it's powerful enough to do it. But you enable it on the console. When you load the software into your PC, you take your PS4 controller through the USB connector and connect it to the um, to your computer. Um, and then um, you it basically has you hit the option, I think, button on the controller. And it will over the network. Now, this is the only caveat about it is it will work on on Wi-Fi, but it has to be in sleep mode, not turned off. Or if you have it directly connected to a wire connection, I believe you can have it turned off and then it will work. Um, but what it'll do is it'll turn on the PlayStation. Um, and then you could play whatever games you have on it. Now, um, what's really uh, cool about it is if you own like digital games on the PlayStation, it's perfect because you can just go launch uh, the games and go it. Uh, but like in my case where I have mostly physical media, like I have to go out into the living room and put the CD in and then come back here and then I can play it on my PC. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Um, and it is really like it's pretty quick and and, and does really well. Um, uh, one of the things I think that I I, I thought was kind of neat because I at one point I think was playing, and I was when I was playing Monster Hunter World, and I was streaming it, and I realized like man I'm like I'm looking at my resources from my computer I'm like it's not really taking that much and I'm like and I'm sitting there playing a game on it and then I'm like. Oh yeah, it's because the PlayStation is doing all the heavy lifting, and this is just, you know, you know, this is just taking that feed and doing it. Now, only downside to that was if you have a, an original PS4, it can only do 720p to your computer, um, or if you have the PlayStation Pro, then it could do that 1080p. But you know, honestly, like it still looked great. It didn't have any lag. It like it worked pretty well, and I was like. All right, I'll give you guys that. Like, you actually made that work pretty well. Um, and I also, it's funny. Speaking of those connections, I picked up the the uh, Steam, uh, where you can hook it up the your little adapter that you can hook it up to your TV, so you can stream your games to your television. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was is two dollars and fifty cents during the summer sale. Yeah. So once I get it, I'm going to try that out and let you guys know how that worked and out. I was interested in it. I've heard like from, from friends of mine that got it before it was that. They're like, yeah, it actually works really well. Like you put the Steam into the, the TV mode or whatever, the big screen mode, I think is what they call it. And you just stream it from your PC to the TV and you play. And I had a friend of mine that he was like, I thought it was going to be super laggy. I thought it was going to be buggy and all. And he's like, yo, this thing is legit smooth and all that. Like it's almost like that Nvidia Shield thing that they came out with that you attach to your the the thing. Um, but he was just like, yeah, like he, my friend did it where he hooked it up to his PC, and he actually uses uh, the Xbox uh, controller, the wireless controller, 
And he has kind of like a setup like where I have it, where like my PC is in my bedroom and then literally behind the wall is where my TV is. So it's like less than five feet through the wall. But he uses that and he's like, yeah, it works really, really well, you know. But yeah. But yeah, so that that that's my my Randy's rant of it were, it, although it's not the obsolete gamer show, but it's it they really like don't do this to yourself because Sony seriously, you're gonna regret doing this decision. And if you don't think that oh we'll be fine, ask Microsoft how they thought their decision of always online and locking a game to a thing went well for the Xbox X, uh, the Xbox One in initial sales. Ask them how that went. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be surprised about their that what their answer would be. Because seriously, dude, that's like, and I, and of that whole fiasco, the thing that I thought was hilarious the most is that one dude that used to work for Microsoft when they were asked him about like, well, what if somebody doesn't have inter- like good enough internet for that? And his first response was like, hey we have an awesome product that you can play with and do that. It's called an Xbox 360. And then the fact that like, he basically told people deal with it. And I'm like, I have a feeling that was when they were in the home offices going, okay, so where can we send that final paycheck for him again? Cause like they knew that was the nail in the coffin with that pink slip incoming. It's like, dude, did you like, I almost like want to know if that was one of those, like they waited here for him to come back from E3 and been like, Hey, here's your pink slip. You're done. Or like, could you imagine like if they would have sat there during E3, he's sitting there, they would have like texted him like, yeah. So um, we're going to go with another candidate to follow up on our public speaking stuff. He's like, he's like saying all this stuff. And he looks at his phone and his eyes get wide. And immediately you see like two Microsoft guards pick him up and take him away. And yeah. then sits down and starts. Okay. Let me reiterate what he said. Let, let me change a few things though. I would have laughed as soon like he got the text. He was sitting somewhere, just like flip the table, just walk the hell out. Like, screw <laughs> I don't need this job. Oh, Lordy. Oh, God. But yeah, that's that's another geek salad in the books, my friend. Number 10? 11. <laughs> 11. That's right. Yeah. 10 was the big interview. That's right. Um, but yeah, as always, guys, um, to iterate what you said, uh, we have started a uh, putting up all the old shows as well as all the audio stuff on a new podcast uh, hosting site, which has been great so far. And it's hilarious because I always tend to see my Twitter feed like just going crazy with the, hey, we put up a new episode because you're like moving everything over. So it's funny as hell during the day to be seeing like 10 tweets from the Obsolete Gamer show, uh, which yeah. is hilarious. You can go find it, by the way, if you guys are interested over at it's obsoletegamer.podbean, uh, uh, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. And, and like you said, we're putting up all the old sh- old shows because we have to migrate it over. And But, I mean, the good thing about a lot of the old shows, they're not that dated. Yeah, there's some things that we talk about that obviously is going to be old. Like if we talked about last year, E3, it's old. But there's a lot of interviews, a lot of topics that are really good to listen to, and they, they age well. Ooh. So go back and listen to our old episodes on the new network. And, oh, so, and I, I can't believe I almost forgot this, but. For, for the next Geek Salad, number one, it finally happened. I was able to sit down and play Gloomhaven. So I will have a, a good review of that. Um, but the kind of like big thing that I also want to go into for that episode 
is I, and this is one of those, like, you know, when an opportunity like presents itself and all that. And like, if you're meant to get it, you're meant to get it. This was my, like, it was meant for me to get it. So growing up, one of my favorite board games that I had was Hero Quest. I don't know if you remember that board game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I used to have Hero Quest with one of the expansions that came out with it, The Rise of the Witch Lord. And I had it at my house. I moved away from my house. I had the house, you know, the game there and all that. And a couple years later, when I was like finally in a spot where I'm like, cool, I can start moving over some of my stuff and things like that. I go back to the house to find that my parents had gone through a whole like cleaning phase. And one of the things that they got rid of was a bunch of like my old toys and old board games. And not only did they get rid of my hero quest with the expansion, but I used to have like battle masters, fireball Island and um, dragon strike. All of them gone. All got donated. And I was just like, Oh my God. But here in Massachusetts, I was browsing through Craigslist and saw that somebody posted a basically an ad selling a copy of Hero Quest with the Rise of the Witch Lord expansion. So I'm like, all right, I'll 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 email them and all that. And basically the ad was like, hey, have a, a copy of Hero Quest with the Rise of the Witch Lord expansion. Send us your best offer. Send them an email, hey, I'm interested in this. You know, how much would you take for it? And then I said, I would be willing to do X amount. Didn't get a response for like a couple days, but then they're like, yeah, you know, I put it up there. I just want to see what people offer me. So I may sit on this. And, and, um, went back and forth and finally was like, okay, I can offer you this. They said, if you offer me this, it's yours. I said, I'll take it. But at the same time, to let me know, not only did it have, Rise of the Witch Lord, but it had the second expansion too with it. What's really crazy is what they sat there and they told me was, hey, open this thing up, punched everything out, put it all together, never played the Hero Quest system. So boxed it up, put it in an attic. The first expansion opened it up, never punched anything out, closed it back up, it's sitting in the thing, and the Rise of the and the second expansion still sealed in plastic. Oh man. So I'm like, all right, I'll do this. And when finally I went to go pick this up, when I tell you, like, I opened this thing up and looked at it, you're talking a game that is 30 years old and literally looks like in the condition of I went and bought a brand new game and cut the shrink wrap off of it and opened it up. Like, that good of shape this game was in. I mean, blew my mind as to just how good a shape this is for 30 years old. And reacquired it, and I'm like, holy crap. And then the crazy thing is, if you literally go online, the shrink-wrapped version of Amazon for that Rise of the Witch Lord expansion pack, there are people out there selling that just alone for $275 for one expansion pack, dude. Yeah. And no, that's not what I paid. So, (laughs) um. But it, it's it's insane to see like how great a shape this is, and 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 they lied because he said he opened it up and never played it. No, no, no. I found one sheet from the, when they played their first game of the game, <laughs> and then put it away. But it's crazy. Um, so I'm like, that was like my holy grail of what I wanted to get, and I was able to get it. So, anyways, 
enough of my ranting. We've we've gone long enough on this this bad boy of an episode. I think we did this one longer than we did. Um, you don't get the show, which is funny, because usually that ends up being the longer show. Uh, but as always, guys, uh, we appreciate uh, you guys listening to us, commenting, subscribing, um, all that stuff. Download the podcast so you can listen to our our nice voices as you're going on your trip on public transportation. We appreciate that. Spread the word. Um, yes. And as always, guys, I'm Randy. He's Jose. Keep on gaming. Keep that passion going.